Welcome to The Table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Um, this is in Luke 19, 28 through 40. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem, when he had come near Bethphage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives. And he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it there. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus. And after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. And as he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. And he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out the word of God for the people of God today. Thanks be to God. So today is the day that we have been waiting for. Jesus at last makes his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. His, his ministry began out back, out in the rural areas of Galilee, but but. Throughout the gospel, Jesus has been talking about going to Jerusalem. He's been alluding to the time when he would need to go up to Jerusalem, where there he would confront the powers. There his reign would, would, would begin, would reach its glorious consummation. There he would enter the Holy Spirit holy city of Jerusalem, and establish his rule over all, and he would take it back for the kingdom of God. And what does, what does Luke say Jesus did in order to enter into the capital city? What was the main thing he did? In order to parade in triumph and take his crown? Luke says that everything 
gets going at first by Jesus sending a couple of his disciples to get a donkey. Securing transportation is a relatively important matter, but it's only relatively important. It, it, it could all be seen as very mundane, like non-spectacular, maybe even seen as kind of trivial. But Luke, and also in Mark's version, expends nearly half of the verses about Palm Sunday in this rather detailed description, or as detailed as the gospel writers get, description of acquiring a donkey for Jesus to ride into Jerusalem. And I wonder what these two disciples were thinking. After all, this talk about, from Jesus about his work in Jerusalem, how important it would be I imagine they pictured for themselves this grander, nobler role on this day than being consigned to the donkey detail. While it doesn't say exactly which disciples these actually were, they didn't have a sign-up genius, you know, to figure that out. Many commentators actually suspect that it was James and John who had just a few hours before said to Jesus, grant us, Jesus, to sit at your right hand and on your left at glory. And now they're on donkey detail. That's not glorious. Jesus is to go head to head with the principalities and power striding into the capital city. His disciples at last finally having the chance to be vindicated before the whole world. And here, they were being sent to find a donkey. The disciples were all busy trying to get some glory, asking themselves, hey, when we get him elected as Messiah and the kingdom has come, who, who do you think he'll put on his cabinet? And here are Jesus' two disciples the two that want glory more than anyone else sent out by Jesus to look for a stable from which to rent a donkey. It's not an inspiring story of how great it is to be a disciple of Jesus. Earlier in the Gospel of Luke, we see Jesus calling his disciples to leave home and their work and their family to leave it all and to hit the road with Jesus Jesus didn't look much like a Messiah at this point in those early days, and his path didn't remind anybody of the kingdom of God. But eventually, with some hard work and, and some infusion of the Holy Spirit, this thing began to get going, and news began to take off. And as crowds gathered, the disciples became more and more and more convinced of Jesus. Sure, sure that, sure that Jesus would at last surpass Caesar would be superior to Caesar and it would be impressive and it would be so great, but no. The great and glorious triumphal procession begins with just two disciples sent by Jesus to go wheel and deal with some donkey trader 
standing in the mire of some forlorn stable, trying to get Jesus the means in which to get into Jerusalem. When the Gospel of John tells this story, it does so quite differently, though. In John's Gospel, Jesus comes into town on foot instead. A donkey comes on the scene in John's version, not because of the advanced work of any disciples, but as a response to the crowd. In John, the crowd gets caught up in the frenzy of welcoming the new king into town, waving palm branches and shouting political slogans. And that's when Jesus grabs the donkey and sits on it as if to say, I'm the kind of king you were expecting. Nobody would expect a powerful messianic king to parade in on the back of a donkey. But in Luke's gospel, finding the donkey and securing the transportation is something that is delegated to the disciples. We're the ones who load up our cars to, you know, deliver food to Rising Hope and to speak those, those simple words with genuine intent sometimes. Um, I'm praying for you. And when someone here is going through a hard time or hand write a card of celebration or welcome or, or stuff some eggs, Luke doesn't paint a pretty picture of the disciples. All throughout the Gospel of Luke, the disciples are consistently misunderstanding, befuddled, foolish. But late in the story, as Jesus is nearing the end of his ministry, Luke begins to paint a different story, a story about obedience. If not for their obedience in attending to the mundane details, in being diligent in the donkey detail, if not for the, their obedience in fetching the donkey, there would have not been a triumphal entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. No hosannas would have been sung. They went out as they were told. They found a donkey at the very last minute, and thus was the Son of God welcomed into Jerusalem. You remember those words from, from so much earlier in Luke? Almost immediately after the account of Jesus' birth, we come upon John the Baptist exclaiming, prepare the way of the Lord. Well, today, as we, as we round out this good enough Lent together, Luke would have us take that as the definition of a good enough disciple of Jesus. It's the one who prepares the way of the Lord. We are not the Messiah. We're not even close. We're the ones who secure the room so that Jesus can have an intimate meal with his friends. We're the ones who set the table before they ever arrived. We're the ones who go get the donkey so Jesus can enter the capital city in a manner in which that tells of the mission that is at hand. We often only notice in the Gospels the way Jesus sends his disciples out to teach and to heal and to cast out demons. But it's this Sunday Palm Sunday, where we remember that us disciples are all called to more prosaic and mundane tasks. We're the ones who set up chairs and lay out bulletins and reorganize bins and set up nursery gates and open up our homes for meals 
and pick up coffee from Dunkin' Donuts on Easter and bang on trailer hitches, bang on trailer hitches when they get stuck and dodge traffic to put out directional signs so that God's church can be built and God's kingdom can be fulfilled. We're the ones who do that. And, and though these seem like small and countless gestures that don't seem significant at all in the eyes of the world, we are reminded again on Palm Sunday of the donkey detail and how we believe that each of these are fulfilling the will of God by preparing the way of Jesus. We're doing those things that have to be done before Jesus can make his entry into the world. This is a group project that we're a part of. We together preparers on for the way of the Lord. I once guest preached at this little church um, outside of Charlottesville. And as I met some of the people at this church doing the work of the church while the pastor was away, I said to some of those who were hanging out after worship, it was over. What a wonderful, like, what a wonderful church this, this is to preach at. I, the, the congregation feels so warm as you preach and, and visually in, is engaged with me and is affirming in their facial expressions. You know, some, some of y'all are not affirming in your facial expressions. <laughs> I don't do that. Yeah. Um, it really makes preaching fun, I, I told them. It made preaching fun to be before you and to feel that warmth and to feel that engagement. Thanks for having me. And they smiled and, and they shook my hand as you normally do. And then one woman walked up to me and said, my father, he made that pulpit in his, in his workshop. I remember when he made it too. He, he went out and he gathered these like walnut boards and carefully cleaned them and rubbed them smooth with his hands and like I looked up at the pulpit and I which I thought they you know ordered out of a magazine and it was just so exquisitely made and then I looked back at that woman and as I stood there I was just filled with this immense sense of gratitude and awe I realized the group project that was at work in this little church. That there was this sense that the effectiveness of my preaching that day in the church, the, recept the receptivity of that congregation, the holiness of it all rested on the quiet, almost forgotten mundane efforts of a man working late into the night after he had forgot gotten off of work in his little workshop down in his basement at home, all of that work that he had done on that pulpit long ago. And that same kind of gratitude and awe fills me every single Sunday that I get to be here with you. And watch all the little ways you rub the boards of this church until they're smooth. All the little ways you say yes all the ways you go ahead of the work that happens right at this moment, go ahead of the holiness of the like 1055 moment to prepare the way for Christ's presence here. All the ways 
You serve on the donkey detail here. There are some donkey details here. <laughs> That's what it looks like to live this good enough faith. That's what these six people who just joined the church said yes to. <laughs> Y'all know that, right? <laughs> to join in on this group project that is the church. You build the platform for God's word to be given. You get the donkey for Jesus to arrive. You secure the table for the greatest meal that's ever been served. It's you. And when that donkey Jesus rides in on and the message he proclaims gets him arrested and condemns him to death, the stakes are raised on the kind of discipleship you're a part of. This is the faith that's good enough, being a part of the donkey detail. While Jesus is being stripped and whipped and beaten and crucified, while some disciples like Judas and Peter are busy betraying or ducking for cover, what are others doing? What are the others doing that we have no, nothing in scripture for? What are the others doing? What might be... What, by, what might you be doing this Holy Week? Will you be one? Will you be the one on the side of the road who's ready to carry Jesus' cross when it gets too heavy for him? That's one account in Scripture. Will you be the one who's off preparing a cave and the burial spices for Jesus? What, what donkey detail that is. Will you be the one at the base of the cross? providing something for Jesus to drink so he's not parched? Will you be the one preparing a space someplace for the whole lot of distressed disciples to gather and share their stories and their fears and their hopes and all that Jesus has promised but they don't see yet? Will you be the one holding vigil outside the tomb? I wonder what all the rest of them that aren't in scripture are doing. I'm sure there was some donkey detail. Somebody had to return the donkey. You are not the Messiah. Jesus is the one on the donkey. Jesus is the one on the cross. Jesus is the one in the tomb. But Holy Week and this holy space and even you yourself are a group project meant to prepare the way for the Lord. What donkey detail might Jesus find you on this week? What pulpit might you build for God this week? What, what disciple might you be on the road to the cross? Would you pray with me? God, we pay a whole lot of attention in Scripture to those who do the miraculous things. To, to our Peters who, who love to stand up on chairs and proclaim long sermons of good news 
and to our Pauls who converted thousands upon thousands upon thousands. But beneath the surface, all, all throughout the story, we know that there were tons of people doing the daily good enough work of faith. We do not have to have profound things to say on a podcast devotion. We do not have to be comfortable remembering the words to serve communion. We don't have to have a spiritual life great enough to lead a small group. All we have to be are people willing to go get the donkey. And every time, God, we want to be more than that. Every time we say, oh God, I'm back again this Holy Week and Easter. I'm back so that you might put me on your left hand or on your right hand. God, bring us down a few pegs and send us out to get the donkey. Every time we think that just showing up here on Sunday mornings is good enough. Send us out, God, to stack some chairs and to bang on a hitch until it fits. And to set up nursery gates that are half broken. And to do it again and again and again until we meet you, God. Put us on the donkey detail. We pray this in the name of Jesus who taught us a prayer that taught us where we stood and who we were and, and what we were to do. <laughs> taught us this prayer, our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.